The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. He is the founder of Vestas Capital, Mr. Flint Jameson. Flint, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Cody. Absolutely. No, listen, the pleasure's all mine. We just spent an abundant amount of time uh, connecting and chatting on the back end. Eventually, we'll record that one day, maybe. But it's been an honor to, to really get to know you even better. For those that don't know you, for those that are hearing your name, seeing your face for the first time, tell us a little bit about your origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and really where you find yourself at these days. Yeah. So I started out as a mechanical engineer 20 years ago in the aerospace industry, hence all the the airplanes around me. I worked at Boeing, actually designing structure for the 787 wing. I jokingly say I lobotomized myself and went and got an MBA in 2014 and became a a manager. So I am currently still on my W-2. I'm a program manager running a $150 million aircraft modification program, but uh, I'm moonlighting as a syndicator at the moment. So I got into real estate in 2018. I bird my first property. It was a duplex. It was a half success. Uh, I still own it today. It's cash flowing. I realized that wasn't my path to financial freedom or a new term I heard the other day, work optional. I like that. That's a new one on me. Yeah. So I'm really striving for that work optional. The single family home doing birth strategy, I realized was not the path I wanted. I found syndications through podcasts. I jumped headfirst into that, educated myself. Yeah. Where we're sitting now, I I had one failure of a, a syndication attempt about four months ago, and I turned around, and now I'm about ready to close on 100 units here in 10 days. Well, one, that's incredible, but it just goes to show you kind of what the premise of the show is. Uh, they're not really failures it, as long as you get a lesson from and a learn from and can apply it forward. So what's interesting, it says you went from that to four months, you're about to close on your first property, and I love that. But as much as I'd love to hear about that new property and what all is going well with that, we want to hear actually on this show to help educate the audience a little bit more on that unsuccessful story in the beginning. So unpack it a little bit for us if you don't Yeah, mind. Me and some partners, I'll call it a bunch of green partners. We're all new into syndication. We found a 23 unit outside of Denver. It was about a, it was $2.9 million purchase. It was a very heavy lift. It was a C minus property. Uh, it had been slum lorded for 20 years. Uh, one lady, she was paying $850 a month for a 450 square foot single bed unit that didn't have a working kitchen. Oh. Uh, yeah, the stove and sink flat out didn't work. I, I could go on and on about stories of how horrible this place was. Going into it, doing all the due diligence, we brought a property manager in. That property manager ended up ghosting us about three to four weeks into it. Which sucks because we had, uh, I think we had 45 days to close on that. So that really hurt us. We had to do a quick turn. We found another large property manager that knows how to handle big turnovers like that. We kind of saved ourselves there. But where the second failure happened, we weren't ready for a capital raise. We needed to raise about a one and a quarter million dollars. We just couldn't make it. We asked the owner for an extension. Slumlord didn't play well. 
So we, the money went hard. We lost a lot of money on that, but we backed out. I do like to say though, the disclaimer is as syndicators, priority number one is the investor. Priority number two is the tenants. No investors were harmed in that deal. Yeah. We learned a ton from that. Well, I mean, it's interesting because I, I see a lot on, on on different platforms, bigger pockets, LinkedIn, all these different things. There's a lot of discussion that goes into do you capital raise before you find a property or do you capital raise after you find a property? Sounds like y'all took the latter approach on the on the first so, one, right? Yeah. So if you build it, they will come does not work. That only works for the field of dreams. You know, it's interesting. I, I've taken several trainings um, like the Michael Blanc and uh, some others. And what's, what I didn't realize and have appreciation for is the very first thing they teach you out of the gate is how to capital raise you got to take that to heart. You need investors. I don't care if you have a deal. There are ways to talk to investors, educate investors. When it comes to new investors, it's a it's an education game. People don't understand what we do. A lot of people are just used to mutual funds and stocks and you know their 401k plan. Getting into real estate, you got to learn. You got to help investors feel comfortable with jumping into a unique alternative asset. It is so hard because this type of re- this type of investing is completely different than what most people have been brought up and, and educated on. You know, I think if everyone has a basic understanding of how the stock market works, they could potentially go invest in it. They know the different areas to go invest in or how they can invest in it. There's different apps, websites, whatever it may be to go do that. I don't think many people, to your point, really understand that you can get into real estate. You don't have to be the the lead sponsor or the operator on a deal, you can do this passively. And ideally, and why I think we're all in it is it's it's much better. And, and even those risk involved, there's probably less risk than what we see in the market because we know the people and have an opportunity to meet the people that are going to be operating the deal. Yes. You can yes. interview them. You can court them over a period of time. You don't have to just jump in right away. I can't call up Tim Cook when I want to buy Apple stock and say, hey, talk to me about what your plans are, you know, these lead operators, you can say, Hey, sh- show me the business structure. Show me how you're going to do this. If you understand underwriting, I'm sure you can ask them for that and they'll turn it over to you. To your point, it is crucial to really prime those investors early on is what you're saying and, and prep them ahead of time rather than trying to say, well, you know, we'll get it when it comes. Yes. And what's interesting is I have those exact same conversations. You get to interview us Part of being a passive investor is great. You can get into real estate and get all the benefits of owning real estate. You get the cash flow, you get the tax benefits. And then on top of that, the things you need to know in getting in one of these deals is one, you get to interview the team, as you were just saying. Two, you can see the numbers. You don't get to see the numbers of Apple or if you can, if you, you can see the numbers, right? And they're, pro forma, but do you actually understand them? Uh, And then three, you can kind of pick and choose a market. You get to understand the market. We provide all the details of why that economy we feel is really good and that we can pull off the business strategy that we have just placed in front of you. Yeah. You get so much more information getting into a real estate deal through a syndication group than you do with a mutual fund. And I I want to go back to, I mean, it, it sounds like there were a bunch of different things that were were challenging about this first one, but what were some outside of like raising the capital beforehand, or at least knowing how much you can potentially raise beforehand, what were some of the other things that you struggled with or, or found that you 
uh, that you de- y'all didn't do very well that you carried forward to now this deal that y'all are about yeah. to close on that have been incredibly helpful? Uh, I call it the law of the half deal because a lot of times they say when you when you get your first deal, it's a law of the first deal, and then just things start happening quickly after that. Well, I, I at least had a half a deal on that. I did learn a ton on due diligence, on underwriting. I learned a lot on inspections. I learned a lot on boiler systems, right? There's crazy things that you learn just going through that situation. But I also got a ton of street cred out of it because I went through that. I went through the pain. And then I ended up refocusing my efforts into capital raising because that was the number one failure on that. So now I've totally educated myself. I got the social media. I've got a website. I've got lead generators. And I've taken that and now partnered with a very experienced group and I'm capital raising now on this deal. That's awesome. Well, and to your point, you get a lot of that street cred, but you also gain that knowledge like you were saying. So when you are talking with investors, you are much more credible in their eyes and can go a little bit deeper with explanations, I would imagine, as they have questions, whether they're new to real estate or been doing it for a while you're knowledgeable on that. You you speak the language. And for those that don't speak the language, you can probably uh, transcribe that language between real estate terms and, you know, normal investing terms that people are maybe more accustomed to, I would imagine. Uh, As we were talking earlier, we kind of have these avatars that we, we focus on when we market. And I I definitely market for engineers because I speak the engineering language and I can definitely translate. And the other fun part is engineers are, very analytical and they want to run numbers themselves. I actually just helped an investor build his own spreadsheet to figure out how he's going to take his solo 401k, some HELOC money, uh, some savings money, and how he's going to stagger this money into the investments. And I helped him right make sure he built his spreadsheet accordingly and that the numbers he sees for what we hope to deliver, it's just a ton of fun. Well, and, and I love that you focus on on people that you know and understand how their brain works, right? You're an engineer by trade. That's who your avatar is. So you can speak their language and help them understand. And you likely know how their brain ticks. You can go in there, not only with the real estate knowledge, but the knowledge of what they need to know or want to ha- hear, because you you would want to hear the same thing. And I, I think that's incredibly important for people to hear when you're looking at, you know, being the main operator or capital raising, whatever you're going to do, you still got to bring money to the deal. So if that's you and your group, or if it's just you doing all of it, knowing who and how you're, first and foremost, who you're going to target, but then secondly, how you're going to target them, I think is a crucial step that oftentimes is overlooked. But I, I love how you've been able to hone in on that with your experience. Outside of that, you you got the capital done. You You looked at what did not go well, how you kind of position that into your next one and and what you're going to be looking to do there. Uh, Any kind of final thoughts for those that are looking to maybe do their first syndication deal or even looking to passively invest tips or tricks that, you know, you picked up along the way that would help them. Whether you're passive or you want to get into syndications, that's an active. I think the biggest thing is just take small steps. One, you educate yourself. So I I educated myself for almost a year before I took my first step Looking back on it, I could have probably educated myself for two months before taking one step. I, I think I bought a $100 underwriting tool from one of the big guys. I mean, that was 100 bucks. I could have done that nine months sooner and started educating myself further. Likewise, for passive investors, make a phone call. 
reach out to us. We're all super available. We love to chat. We love to educate. We geek out about this stuff because this is what excites us. So just make that first step. It's, it can be low risk. Well, and, and I will echo that being still relatively new to this community, this is by far the, the most open and well-communicated community that I've ever seen or been a part of. There are so many people. And while we all are typically chasing the same kind of thing, we're all trying to find real estate that matches what our criteria are. We're all willing and able to help each other because you never know what that could lead to from a future partnership in the future could look like. But don't be afraid just to reach out. Message somebody on LinkedIn, reach out to them on their website, ask them questions. I always like to say my partner, before he was passively investing in deals three, four years ago, he worked with the lead operator and talked with them and, and questioned them for about six to eight months before he chose the lead operator he invested with. Six yep. to eight months. Now, I'm a big fan of, you know, don't be you know paralyzed by analysis, but make sure that you do the right due diligence and make sure that you're checking all the boxes that you want to check off to find the right people. But don't be afraid just to ask the question. And if yeah. you're working with an operator or sponsor or whatever that is afraid to answer questions or isn't willing, probably a telltale sign they may not be right for you. Well, Flint, I can't thank you enough. I think you gave myself and definitely our audience a ton of information to think about, uh, especially if you're on the passive side or looking to get in on the active side on your first deal. That's a valuable lesson learned. And I appreciate you sharing the story. For those that maybe want to connect with you, learn from you, even invest with you in the future, Where's the best place people can find you on the interwebs? So a couple of places, LinkedIn, just find me, Flint Jameson on the LinkedIn. Uh, my website, vestuscapital.com, V-E-S-T-U-S.com. I do have a free report there that, that explains the simplicity and benefits of investing in multifamily. Absolutely. I love it. Great stuff today, Flint. I can't thank you enough for joining us. It's been a pleasure talking with you, sir. Yeah, thank you so much. Absolutely. And hey, we'll catch everyone else next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.